Welcome to Talk the Dog, the show where we find a bone to pick and a take to give. These are not hot takes. These is dog takes. Can I talk that dog? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in on a beautiful, I mean beautiful, Monday evening. We have film study, 7.15 to 8 o'clock. We got TTD, Talking That Dog, 8 to 9 o'clock. We're going to be joined by our boy Aaron Murray here in a little bit. And then 9 to 10, we're going to be talking a little National College football here on the channel. So welcome in. Glad to have you here. Um, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button because I got film notes that we're fitting a rat-a-tat-tat. If you didn't get a chance to watch film study, don't worry. I'm going to run it down for you. If you did watch film study and you're carrying over, first of all, a little kudos to you. Thanks for following instructions. Second of all, I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little summary here, a little detailed summary uh, in, in audio and in visual that will really encapsulate what we talked about over there in our last 45 minutes as a class, um, which that's what we do here. I like to do film study like that in the sense that, hey, it's open-ended. It is a class. I'm up there in front of the board, and I'm speaking to you guys like I would any type of football unit or any type of football room that I maybe one potentially uh, day might run. But anyways, that football game, ladies and gentlemen, to me, for the rest of time, will be remembered as the Kamari Lassiter football game. And I have very few of these for defensive backs. And occasionally, as someone who studies the, the game I, and your football program, some of these games will stick out in my mind for individual performances. Um, Kamari's game this weekend, Kamari's performance this weekend, will be remembered as the Kamari Lassiter game in this one for me. Uh, in terms of defensive backs, just to give you a rundown, uh, Richie's got a bunch of these. Uh, uh, um, what is Richie's last? Ritual account. Um, I'm an idiot. Ritual account has a couple of these, but his most important one to me is the Arkansas game, 2020 COVID. Um, that was the one-handed interception football game. It was also the football game where he has that crazy interception, but he also just in quintessential Richie form, uh, blew a coverage, trying to bite down, getting another interception early in that football game. Uh, Richie versus Arkansas, 2020 sticks out. Tyreek Stevenson versus Auburn in 2019. Man, studying that football game, watching him play star, he lined up as a true zero one snap, deflected a ball out outside the numbers uh it was insane they were doing things with him as a star as a true freshman that you'd never see he had a pbu a sack and almost a strip sack fumble um while also playing absolute lights out in the star position in the nickel uh he sticks out in my mind in that football game deandre baker versus south carolina in like yep. 2018 uh sticks out dj daniel played out of his mind in 2019 against LSU. Now, it goes by the wayside because y'all got cooked in that football game, but he played really, really well, almost so well that had he not gotten a, a foot injury the next year uh, and had he not not really played, I think he might have gotten drafted uh, as a corner based off that tape alone. Malachi Starks, obviously, versus Oregon, had his kind of introduction to college football uh, and Kamari yesterday versus Mizzou. Guys, I watched it again today. I, I, didn't, I didn't see a reception. I didn't see a reception that he allowed on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and it's kind of been the M.O. for him this year. You don't talk a lot about him. The national audience hasn't talked a lot about him because he doesn't get attacked. People do not throw the football at Kamari Lasseter this season, period, point blank. Kirby Smart's talked about how he's been the best tackler on this football team 
for 24 months now. I mean, for 24 months, the best tackler at the University of Georgia has been a corner named Kamari Lasseter, and he's been an absolute strap as a cover corner. So I, I'm just here to tell you, he's been the best cover corner for two seasons now. Teams, teams attacked Keeley last year. They did not go after Kamari. Okay, so for two years, he's been the best cover corner you have. For two years, he's been the best tackler you have. Now we've seen him be able to play in and bump in and play at star. Um, the only thing he doesn't really do at an elite level is play corner or play a uh, cover corner in like zone coverage. All right, when he's out there just floating around, not assigned to one individual, he's giving up some yardage. Outside of that, an ever-loving strap for this football team for two years. I, I don't know where he's at in that conversation for you. But he better be pretty high. Kamari Lasseter has played tremendous football for Georgia, not only this year, but in years past. I always wondered what he was going to measure at, what he was going to test at. I always like to guess and send it off to some sources before I get the actual measurements. Um, do you guys want to guess height, weight, speed? I'm going to tell you what I guessed. 5'11", 202, 452 in the 40. What were your guesses? I think he's a little taller than 5'11". Okay. He, or at least he possesses that type of height. So you're going me. right at six foot? Yeah. I was going to say six foot as well. Probably 205, 210 at most. Where are we at on the speed range? Probably just under a 4'5". It's like a 4'49". So you're saying 4'49". What do you think? I think low 4'5". All right. Here's what sources got back with me today. Verified 5'11 and 7'8". Um, so he's almost... That might as well be six. <laughs> well, I, I, actually, it was 5'11", 7'. Which might mean seven sixteenths, so he might be five and eleven and a half, okay. five eleven and a half, basically six foot in cleats. Um, my guess was a four five two. He's ran high four fours, uh, low four fives, so we were all right yep. around that. Um, but most importantly, his movement skills are elite. Okay, rarely if ever do you see Kamari Lasseter in a bad spot. Meaning like he's leaning too far over one direction or he falls down or his footing slips out from underneath him. His movement skills are elite. His body patterns are elite. He's never in a bad spot. He's going to be a tremendous cover corner in the NFL. Uh, I remember watching his high school tape, boys, coming out of Tuscaloosa Academy. And the only thing I, I was saying over and over again was star, 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 star. I want him to play star. Every time I see one of these guys that's like under six foot, they're not like super long. And they're not like four three eight, or they're not sub eleven seconds in the hundred coming out of high school. My immediate inclination is I want to see them play nickel because Georgia does so much fun stuff with their nickel, as you guys have seen over mm -hmm. the years. And that's always my inclination. And I was right in the sense that he's tougher than nails. Uh, I was wrong in the sense that he's plenty twitchy to play corner. And we knew about this the moment he stepped foot on campus. It was very like, and, and other uh, insiders will probably attest to this. If you listen anywhere else that covers Georgia, dude was making plays in camp immediately. Ball finder. Just like the ball finds him, he finds the ball somehow, some way. His first introduction to Georgia football for most people was his Vandy interception. Mm -hmm. um, laid out, intercepted a ball at Vandy back in, I think that was 2020. Wasn't supposed to be there. Was, was not supposed to be in that spot as a true freshman. Uh, he talked about that at SEC Media Days. We had a good laugh about that. I uh, thought it was interesting to listen to Kirby talk about him today, about how they've cross-trained him and have always cross-trained him since he got to Georgia. That's not, that's not always normal, but it's normal for Georgia in the sense that they over-prepare uh, for a lot of situations like this. Um, and his physicality 
was always something that they flirted with the idea of doing what I thought that they might have been doing from Jump Street, which is play him at star and play him at that nickel defensive spot. And he's been doing that uh, since he's gotten there. So it, it show it, it bear fr- it, it, the fruit uh, was barren. The, it bear, the tree bared fruit came to fruition. Fruition, yeah, lots of fruit, lots of fruit uh, out there on Saturday for Georgia uh, that was uh, born in good soil years prior. Uh, I thought it was also very, very important if you're going to make a coaching decision like this on a Monday and you've got a guy at the nickel defensive spot and the star spot that's playing like an All-American right now in Tyke Smith, um, thought it was very, very important to have a very honest conversation with him. And it was very important for Tyke's response to be the way that it was on Saturday. Guys, this could have been a money game for Tyke Smith. Not that he didn't have all these opportunities to increase his draft stock prior. But there are there are questions about his coverage ability in the NFL, right? They're, they're, they want to see that. They want to see him go out and cover Luther Burden. And I, I'm not saying he wouldn't have gone out and, and competed and, and won and, and done a good job. But Georgia felt that not only would Kamari compete, but Kamari would win that matchup. And he didn't just win. He dominated that matchup on Saturday, okay? The, the one reception for 39 yards – was not on Kamari Laster, all right? It was a well-designed route, and it put Dalen uh, Everett in a one-on-one situation, all right? And Luther Burden won that ball. But outside of that, two catches for 14 yards? Georgia did everything that they could to limit Luther Burden, and a lot of that was the selflessness from Tyke Smith to say, okay, not only am I okay with Kamari Laster getting these reps at the star position, but when my time is called, all right, and when I'm going to be out there on the field, I'm going to ball out. This is a co-leader in tackles on Saturday, and Tyke Smith had seven tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, had a big sack and a big pass breakup uh, in this football game, all right? And uh, he was ready when called upon, and so was number 12, okay? So was Julian Humphrey in this football game. The ceiling on that football player is absurd. I didn't have time to text sources on this one, but I'll tell you what I'm guessing. I'm guessing right under six foot one. I'm guessing right under 200 pounds. And I'm guessing right under 4-4 in the, in the 400 or in the 40. Okay, this is one of the most gifted, ta- uh, talented individuals that Georgia has signed and developed at the corner position since Kirby's been there. And he signed a lot of them. He has signed a lot of them. He has extremely good uh, body patterns like we were talking about with Kamari. But he, s- someone on the Twitter timeline, I think it was the Baxter Street Boys, compared him to Tyson Campbell. Hmm. He has Tyson Campbell traits and abilities with like, I don't even know, with like Richie, with Richie's confidence. You know how Richie thought he was the best football player in the world? Still probably does. There's no way in the world Richie account thinks he shouldn't be on an NFL roster right now, okay? Julian plays with that very same confidence. Now, it gets him in trouble sometimes, but this is by far one of the most immensely talented corners that they've had in a long time, Um, and he played like that on Saturday. He's going to play extremely confident down the stretch, Saturday was vital to his development from a confidence standpoint. Um, I, I, I know you guys haven't gotten to talk. I, I want y'all's thoughts, so just build them up. Save them up. We're going to get your thoughts that I didn't get uh, towards the end here in a second. Um, the wide zone defense. I know we still have offensive thoughts as well. The wide zone. Now, that, that defensive stretch play or that offensive stretch play that Missouri runs, that's really, really hard to defend. It is really, really hard to defend. And I, I want to say this, okay? Before everyone freaks out, you gave up 150 yards rushing, 4.4 yards per carry, I believe it was, 120 yards to one dude. 
No explosives. None. You have one, one rush that, for 19 yards, okay, from the quarterback on a draw play, and we'll get to that in a second. But, like, last year he gave up 80-yard hitter on, on this wide zone play. This is a hard play to stop, okay? It's hard to get to the edge. It's hard to stop that and stop the cutbacks, all right? A lot of teams don't do it because it requires a really, really light, all right, and, and agile offensive line, all right? Whereas the rest of the conference is going big, physical, mall, ground pound, all that. Missouri center's playing at like 285 right now if you look at them. Number 55 is really, really small. Both their tackles, 6'3", 6'4", and under, 305 pounds. They look nothing like Georgia. Georgia and, and Alabama offensively is 6'5", 360-plus across the board. Missouri is the antithesis of that, all right, which allows them to do a different style of running. Schrader is good, all right? That's, what else, that's the other thing we learned, and that's okay. Shocker, you play in a conference where other teams have good football players. I know that's hard to swallow sometimes, um, but it is what it is. Draw might be a problem. Quarterback draw might be a problem moving forward, and, and you stopped it Saturday to an extent, um, especially in the second half, started to really – uh, stopped the games and the stunts and really started to mush rush, which closed the pockets. So quarterback draw is ineffective when the quarterback can't slip through the cracks, all right, meaning you're closing the pocket lanes down. Um, so that's how you ended up stopping the quarterback draw. But Jalen Milrow is going to run it 10 times better than Brady Cook did. So that's just keep, keep it in the back of your head for, for later on down the road because that might be a problem. Um, speaking of a problem, Jamon Dumas-Johnson – Sounds like he's going to be out for a while. Also, also Ole Miss going to run quarterback draw Saturday. So, just get ready for that. Um, Pop being out. This is going to sound crazy. Your run fits are going to be worse, but your team speed just got better. You know this. C.J. Allen, much faster than Pop. C.J. Allen, also, we showed you on tape, a little bit hesitant right now. A little bit hesitant right now with his reads and his keys. I think Murray's in the chat or says he's going to be. Um, I can't text him back right now because I'm live. I don't know. Come on, man. Come on, Murray. Um, but anyways, uh, you, you lost a little bit in terms of your run fits because say what you want about Pop in terms of his ability to get to the edge or his ability to impact the passing lanes or whatever you guys got complaints about. The dude fits the run exceptionally. And you also lost an elite blitzer. Okay, not even a blitzer. He's a dog blitz, meaning like he's going to add in late and just be matched up with the back in pass protection. He wins those a lot more times than he loses them, and you've now lost that. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was obvious and apparent. Let me text back Murray right quick. Y'all got any thoughts? Let's get that while I'm, I'm mad living. Y'all got any immediate thoughts about the defense in particular? Yes. I mean, obviously, Kamari Laster had a, a kind of coming out game nationally. We all knew, but I was really impressed with the way Julian Humphrey played. I think that he did. I don't know if he cemented himself as that secondary corner to Kamari Laster, but he definitely put up a good spot for it, a good fight for it, at least. I honestly think Julian Humphrey could provide like this different type of spark to a defense. Not, not that uh, they don't have those types of sparks. Like I think they have some great personalities in that secondary, but he just kind of brings a different type of energy to it, and I think that's something that this defense could kind of use down the stretch of a guy that is uber confident in himself, and it just exposes and sponges on to other people as well. Mm. Confidence. Confidence and exuberance. Loud confidence mm -hmm. as well from number 12. Uh, I tweeted about him the first day we got practice observations. He come running by me, and I said, God dang, holy – like, Whoa! Took a picture of him and put it out on Twitter and was like, that dude's winning the QB one, or that dude's winning cornerback one, no doubt. And now he didn't end up winning the job out of camp, 
because of some some up and down play mm -hmm. where his highs are really really high they're much higher than probably maybe even any corner that they have but the the consistency is not there it's more of a heartbeat monitor as opposed to a steady increase um and, and climbing of the hill but yeah those are our defensive observations let's flip over to the other side of the football right quick before we get our boy murray i wanted to see how long i could go i'm not even gonna cap i wanted to see how long i could drag these film observations out in my notes because it's been a while it's been a while since i soliloquied like this for a minute so um shouts out to nazir stackhouse wanted to say that right quick it was very obvious he didn't realize how far he had to go um as soon as he turned the corner got past that last tackle he was like i'm gonna score and i was like i'm not gonna score they're not gonna <laughs> catch me i'm not gonna score they're gonna catch me um hard sledding hard sledding for that offense um and, and that defense when that defense is going like that they're gonna do that that they called more well-timed run blitzes than anybody. You would have thought they were Michigan. I mean, honestly, you would have thought they had the <laughs> signs. You would have thought they were Michigan calling their run blitzes. It went on the film, that's what stood out to me. Now, it didn't just stand out that they well-timed the blitzes. It stood out to me that I was kind of right in my tendency thought processes. I don't know about you guys, but tell me if, you, if you've noticed this kind of trend through nine games for Georgia. We throw the ball on first down. It's an incompletion. It's second and ten. What's coming? Run. A run, right? A run. A run, a run, a run. So you know what Missouri did this weekend? They blitzed on every 2-10. and ten. Every single 2-10, and ten, they brought a safety and added him into a run blitz. And it caused some issues. It caused a lot of third and longs, third and 13s, third and 11s, third and 9s, okay? Uh, when you aren't in these third and mediums, shit happens right you you end up tending to punt the football you're not as efficient as you tend to be um and they did a really really good job of forcing that i think the other thing that was noticeable you you, you faced your first real nfl defensive lineman all right darius robinson's a dude number six from missouri we told you about him last week kirby told you about him last week everybody's been trying to tell you about him he's a guy all right and he's gonna go and play in the nfl for a long time um, and not only is he frightening, not only is he a solid presence in the run game, his ability to shed, convert run to pass was noticeable on Saturday, um, and he balled out. Uh, best defensive lineman that they faced to date um, and will be probably until maybe the Pierce kid from Tennessee is having a really good season this year, uh, and then whatever Alabama can throw at you. But the most important thing that I thought that they did on Saturday was motion with purpose and I want to talk about this right quick uh, and our boy Murray can watch this and, and he'll notice this real basic simple concepts here from uh, our guy Mike Bobo if you're going to be a cover zero football team understand that your safety play is going to get manipulated with um, based off motion and here it is right here that, that, that snap studio ain't got shit on this Murray I'm going to let you know that right now I know you back there in the studio watching this one I know you're jealous big boy uh, you can have this if you just showed up. If you just showed up and came to the studio, all right, and did show like you wanted to, uh, you can have all this. You, it could all be at your disposal, baby. Um, let's go over here. Here we go. Uh, I think I got two X's on the field. Doesn't matter. All right, we're going to put the running back on the right. They were playing single high safety. All right, so the strong would be here. The free would be here. Now, instead of drawing everybody, just understand. Well, let's draw it. They had uh, hmm. three guys. What's up? None. Oh, my bad. They had three guys in the box. Now, we're going to run standard inside zone this way. We got a nice little combo up to the mic. All right, we're going to seal the backside, whatever. All right, we get all this lick. Now, how are we going to take care of this guy? Well, they're a cover zero football team. 
All right, cover one's football team, a man football team. So if we run jet motion this way, they have to rock and roll their safeties. So we're going to take this space defender and we're just going to run him right out of the box. Kendall Milton scored and ran right into the end zone, banged his head on the goalpost or on the pylon because of something just simple like this. They did it four or five times on Saturday and hit explosives running the ball right off of the anti or the opposite of their motion action. Okay, so motioning with purpose is something that we've noticed in Bobo's tenure over his years. Even dating back to his time at Auburn, um, thought he was terrific with it with the two-back sets at Auburn. Um, just getting to short sides, and it's something we talked about preseason that he was going to be able to do. Um, let's get the star of the show in, though, here. Let's get our boy Aaron Murray patched in. Uh, Murray, how are we doing today, baby? I, I love the breakdown. It's the exact breakdown that I'll be doing tomorrow on my WSB show. Uh, we'll actually have the play and be drawing it. So if you want the, the the better version of the play breakdown, Saturday morning, WSB in Atlanta. I think they're all the state, the state of Georgia. The Georgia breakdown show with me and Brandon Boykin. I'll be breaking that play down. So, bam. You can, you can I'll let the fans decide which who did it better. How about that? I but know. I do love the play. I, I, when you put it up there, I was like, that's the play. You, you put Bell back there. You put him in the backfield, a little two-back set. You over it, motion him to the left. The safeties having to communicate too, like that was mm -hmm. a big thing. Like it's not only rocking and rolling the safeties, but those guys are like saying, "Hey, you go here, you go here, you boom, ball snapped." He's out the back end, and they're just kind of left holding their, you know, you know what. So touchdown, man, dogs. Man said he's gonna let the the fans decide. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's checked the numbers lately, but the fans have decided. This network rules. So just gonna let <laughs> it's you good know. Thing. That. You guys kicked. I I love what you guys are doing. I'm just saying, if you want to catch the WSB show. On, on your local ABC channel before you know before noon kickoff, check it out, 11 o'clock, me and Boykin. Hey, B. Boykes, he does a good job over there. Hey, which Spider-Man was he a couple weeks ago? By the way, we, we, we didn't do near as know. hard. We didn't go near as hard on the Halloween decorations as your show did, so kudos to you on that one. Were you Harry Potter? I was not expecting it. I was not expecting that. And then, you know, Sean no Sean no likes to go hard. And then him and TK both had Spider-Man, and Boykin had Spider-Man, and Ben was a big monster, and... Your boy was Harry Potter, so we had a good time. It was a fun little breakdown. Your boy was indeed Harry Potter. Hey, uh, audience, please hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff right now. Uh, initial thoughts, Murray, on the Missouri game on Saturday, just off the top. It's a great win, and I know people get, get caught up with brands, and it's not LSU, it's not Alabama, it's not Tennessee, it's not you know Auburn or whatever brand you, you, you think is, is up here. Missouri's a damn good football team. And even looking to them last year, like that's a team that's three or four plays away from being eight wins, nine wins. Um, there's unfortunate plays that went against them. So there, that was to me the, the game that I was most concerned about. Not saying I'm not concerned about the game this weekend, but Missouri's the most complete team of the next three games. They can play good defense. Uh, they can play good offense. They can run the football. They can throw the football. Brady Cook's played at a high level. So I thought that was a great win. Um, uh, Georgia keeps winning, man. That's all that matters. Like, they, they ain't shooting themselves in the foot. You you have to play a perfect game right now to beat the dogs. And I thought Missouri, for two straight years, has done a tremendous job of out-executing, particularly on the defensive side of the football for Missouri. That, that defense has showed up two years in a row and, like, physically forced mm -hmm. Georgia into some, some miscues executionally, uh, particularly on the offensive line. They strike and shed blocks. Really, really well. I thought they did a good job. Well, they, they also they great... also bring they also bring five or six guys yeah, they in every the whole single time, damn play. Which, which I mean, brings me to game. my next point, Murray. What 
What do you do? I, Kirby said they had a couple of answers built in. I noticed a couple of hot, like automatic hots built in. But when you're getting pressured that much, when you're getting blitzed that much from an opposition like Missouri, what are the answers as an offense? Well, and we've seen Bobo do it throughout the year. The, the touchdown uh, was to love it on on just the, the the tunnel screen. I mean, those are things that you kind of keep those guys honest, get the ball to the quarterback's hands. You know, some of the times the DBs did a great job of knocking the receivers in the backfield too on some of those bubbles. So I think you you, you hope that you get your guys in space and they make guys miss like Lad did. You, you get the ball into the flat or on a bubble – and a safety's coming to have to come down full speed. You make him miss, it turns into a 15, 20-yard gain. So I think Missouri came in with the mentality of like, hey, we're going to come out swinging, and either we're going to you know, we're gonna live and die by that. And I, and I kind of appreciate that because they knew that they were underdogs. They knew they were on the road, and they had to find a way to create big plays on the defense side of football. TFLs, sacks, all that good stuff. And they, they did that. They did a good job of it. But you also put yourself in a bind when it comes to some of the quick game stuff. So that's, that's how you combat it. You hope you can pick it up with, you know, some from some fake cadence where the, the the quarterback can change the mic declaration. Um, but I thought overall they did enough good things offensively, like the run play where you kind of got them off balance just enough. Yeah, I, I think it's it's easy to sit there and go, well, the offensive line played terrible, um, or the offensive mm-hmm. line didn't play well enough. I don't know about you, Murray, but when a team blitzes as much as Missouri did on Saturday, when they add as many hats into the box as they did. I think you're nitpicking and asking way too much. If you're asking anything more than just get a hat on a hat. If we mm-hmm. don't have any free runners, we did our job as an offensive line against a team that blitzes that much. Am I incorrect in saying that? Because that, as an offensive lineman, I get defensive when I'm like, I mean, shit, we only got five guys and, and they brought six and we got plus three. So we must have done okay. Yeah, no, it's... It, it, it. Once again, it's 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 for not for a defense. It's feast or famine. It's it's we're bringing the house, so trying to get it, you know, try to get in the backfield and get that TPL to get that sack. But there, the, you have to take advantage of the opportunities where you do crease a gap and 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 do hit a big run. And you know that's when some of the biggest plays happens. Like when you want to bring engage eight for for those you know Madden fans. Like you want to bring engage eight. Like you're doing it for a reason. You're trying to get you know trying to knock the hell out of the quarterback. Well, if 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 you don't get to him in time, there's going to be some open space in the back end. So. Uh, yeah, listen, I thought the offensive line played fine. I just did my my show with, you know, Sean TK and Ben Jones, and Ben Jones had very similar sentiments, and I trust him more than I do me when it comes to offensive assessment when, when it comes to the offensive line. He thought the offensive line did a pretty damn good job. And, you know, he brought up multiple times that he played in the league and in college of, like, how tough it is to face a defense like that. That's not just blitzing to blitz, but they're blitzing with quality players with a purpose and that are good enough to punch you in the mouth. Like certain teams want to bring the full house. Like, you know, I had Vanderbilt Auburn this weekend. Vandy on every third down brought a crosstalk blitz and they're bringing it and bringing it and bringing it in the second half. And, and Hugh Freeze said before halftime, he's like, dude, I, we have to, you know, we know what they're doing. We have to stop it. Well, first possession, they, they picked it up easily and turned into a 70 yard touchdown. So, but the difference is that's Vandy compared to a Missouri defense that actually has size yeah. and can win those one-on-ones even when you do pick it up. So uh, I thought it was I thought it was a really good good day for the offensive line. Not a great day, but a really good day. You know, it's it's something I was going to hit on with my film notes, and I was running a little long on this, but it's something that I've noticed has like it's been an evolution for Georgia in just terms of like the run game creativity, dude. And, and when I first started covering Georgia, and I don't know if you you remember this, but before Munkin in the Coley years, and even prior to that, under like the first couple of years of Kirby Smart. Man, if your offensive line wasn't blowing the opposition off the ball 
and y'all weren't able to just run standard inside zone or standard duo or whatever, if y'all weren't able to just reset the line of scrimmage, the run game like basically was put into a box that day. Mm -hmm. And even with great offensive lines, in 2019, okay, that offensive line from left to right was nothing but NFL football players. It was Andrew Thomas, Saul McKinley, Trey Hill, Ben Cleveland, Isaiah Wilson, okay? And there were times where they couldn't move people because mm -hmm. it's the SEC. Nowadays, if y'all can't move people, y'all have so many different little intricacies and ways to actually have explosive runs. Have you noticed this kind of addition to the run game and creativity to the run game over the last four or five years, Aaron? Well, it's, it's not just the – it's. I mean, I throw into the whole – all the screens and all the, the, the bubbles. I mean, that's all run game. Yeah. Like that's, that's part of the creativity you talk about. Like that is a run play when I can throw a, a three yard pass. It's caught behind the line of scrimmage. That's why, you know, it, 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 to me that, and we even did a little bit of that too. Like we'd get to line of scrimmage. We'd get into a basic 21 personnel, two backs, a fullback. For those who don't know what the hell a fullback is, it's a big running back that, you know, is mostly used for blocking, you know, a tight end, two receivers. We get into R and we call it R 43 lead Z pop. So if I had a good look to the to the weak side, you know, we would run a 43 lead where the 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 fullback would lead up on the will linebacker, running back to his thing. Uh, but if I had off coverage on AJ or TK or Malcolm or whoever it is on, on my front side, I would fake left. It's my first completion of my career, actually. Fake left, come up, poop, pop. Like that was our version back then of a 21 personnel RPO. And I don't even think we called it an RPO. It was just like, hey, if you like it, just throw it out there. Uh, now you do have all these run pass options where you're motion receivers and going from sideline to sideline. If, if they don't bump the linebacker, if they don't rock and roll the safeties, hell it's two on three, three on the offense, two on defense. You just throw it out there. Like that's a run play. Like that's how offenses have evolved. Instead of just banging our head on a wall saying, Hey, we're going to run into a seven man box an eight man box and just get three yards in a cloud of dust. Hell it's all numbers. And, and, and I'll, Go back to like, cause I just had the game. Like, and I talked to Hugh freeze about this on Friday night. Cause he's one of the best at doing this. He's like, we were not doing this early in the season. Mm. And I have now taken control more of this offense. And we're going back to just basic number count. If there's a seven man box, I'm not running the damn football. If it's a five or six man box, we'll run it. Other than that, we're getting the ball of our quarterback's hand. We're going to take the advantage of the numbers and that's our run game. So that's the evolution of it. No, it makes offensive football so much easier um, particularly on the college level when offensive linemen can basically get like five yards downfield. Um, when was the last time you saw an illegal man downfield call, uh, car, uh, Aaron? Mm, I think I had one this past game, actually. Just like – but was it, it an actual it, pass play or was it an under It was an actual pass play, too. See, I think the guy just screwed up. Yeah, and it see, was, that's it was what a I'm huge about. play down the field. They never call it on RPO. Think about it. No. The, la the last mm, time I've, I've seen, seen it called on an actual RPO, I couldn't even tell you. When, when the quarterback pulls it out of the belly of the back and you're like, shit, the, the guards stand like face-to-face -face with the linebacker. What are we supposed to do? Uh, go to the NFL. That's why you can't run RPOs because they actually enforce that rule. Hey, we do a little something around here. Actually, I want your thoughts on Carson. What did you see from Carson uh, Saturday? It, it was an – if I were to grade it, it was an 88 for me. Just a, a, a okay, you nice got the job plus. done. Yeah, I agree. Like, And I heard on some show today, a couple shows, people were like, you know, he's – I don't even know if I want to say this. Um, he hasn't had the bad game yet. Oh. Mm. Oh. He hasn't. And I don't think I, I, he's mm. – and I think part of it is because of his personality. You know, he's just so consistent. 
And I, I didn't believe Kirby when, when he told me this, when I had the, the first game of the season and or Bobo of like, this dude doesn't get faced. And I think that's half the battle. Like guys go up and down and, and Stetson even had some bad games, but Stetson's a very emotional quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, where Carson, he doesn't let the moment get too big for him. And, you know, and he's had moments this year, big time games where he just hasn't been phased by it. And I think that is such a unique trait and incredible trait from Carson to have where the moment's never too big. I'm just going out there and do my thing. Maybe I make a small mistake here or there and I rebound and just come play, you know, the next play. So uh, I, I think he's been terrific this entire season. I'm actually doing a exclusive one-on-one sit down with Carson on Wednesday. Uh, that will come out on the, the players on channel on Thursday. So we'll be breaking that down. So if you have some good questions, uh, hit me up on, on Twitter, Instagram at Aaron Murray 11, and you can have, uh, let me know what you want me to ask Carson on Wednesday night. But um, I thought he played a good game. Um, definitely a couple of things missed here or there, but, I thought overall he's been man he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the country this season. Sounds and I even good. have my my boys because I I've been harping in all year, every show I'm on. Like Carson is a bona fide first round draft pick. He's to me a top three quarterback taken on the NFL draft. And my boy Gabe Eichard, who played two time All American center at Oklahoma, um, does a ton of radio there in Oklahoma, hit me up and said, "Is Carson Beck the best quarterback in America right now?" Question mark. I like mean, just gifted everything he does. He's like, I think he, I, he's like, if I'm an NFL team, I'm taking him one or two in the NFL draft quarterback wise. That's hot. I got to see so many more reps. I got to see so many mm. more reps. Um, also, but none of the other quarterbacks are having great years. Like Drake ain't having a good year. Caleb's having a great no, year. I'm with I don't you. think I, I, I like Penix, but I would pick Carson over him. I, I'd pick him over Bo Nix. I'd pick him over um, Quinn Ewers. Like who are you taking above Carson right now in the NFL draft? <laughs> no, Besides Caleb, <laughs> the the producers are over here telling me to go with Shadur. Producer, Shadur ain't coming out. Producer, producer ain't coming out. What did I call you? No, you said producers. I was uh, not on the Shadur. Producer I just threw me under the bus. Um, Good God, <laughs> my bad. Um, no, I really. Before we start talking about quarterback play, I want to talk about your ability to just plug everything and anything you're ever doing. Do you do this on other shows, or you just do it on my show? <laughs> no, I do it on every show. Okay, but usually the host. The, usually I got, the I host. Learn from that. Usually the host like gives me an opportunity, like or oh, does it it's organically? So it's, it's a me thing through the show. Like it, I did a w, like I did a radio hit in Atlanta today, and they talked about TPL from the very start and plugged it two or three times for me. So I didn't have to do it; they just did it by themselves. It was nice. It was nice. You don't it get that kind nice. of treatment around here. You got to you got to earn your own plugs around here. You got you got to give them yourself. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought back to the Bobo conversation. I thought he did a good job. Hey, yeah. we do a we do a give me three around here. Um, we give three things. We'll start with you. Uh, give me three things you are concerned about with this football team. There, Murray. Um, hmm. defensive line. Okay, yeah. that's one. Uh, backside corner. Okay. I know you guys talked about. I thought twelve played well. Six has been scary for me all season. Uh, you get Trey Harris on those those young corners. It's, it could be a long day for Georgia's defense. Um, and that bad day for Carson. I hope it doesn't happen. He take one for you. Everyone's taking one. Hey, I'm not Aaron going Murray, to last day. Give him three. Um, I got three for you. Uh, I think there's a recipe. I think there's a recipe to figure out how to contain Georgia. I'm not going to say you're going to stop them, but you can contain them. South Carolina thinks they're a blitz man team. They have been all year. They've been trying to play blitz man the whole year. They've been getting scorched most of the time. They held Georgia to 27 points. 
That they did. They, they were able to hold a team that's averaging almost 41 points to 27 in that football game, playing this, like, we're going to blitz the house. We're going to play cover zero. We're just going to live and die with the results. It's actually bared out some type of positive results for defenses. And it's something that teams couldn't do against Georgia over the last couple of years because of Stetson's legs. Teams were almost like petrified to play straight man across the board because next thing you know, he's rushing for mm -hmm. 65 yards on a quarterback draw against Auburn. Um, explosives on the defensive side of the football have been kind of a weekly thing at this point. Uh, you've been giving them up. That's a problem. Eventually, you're going to result in points, whether they be field goals or touchdowns. Teams are going to continue to stack those explosives into points. You don't have any shock players, no flash players on the defensive side of the football right now that mm. consistently show up and like stop, like just game break plays. Um, and you had that last year. It doesn't have to be on the defensive line. It can be somewhere. You don't have a flash player right now on the side on that side of the football. Hey, give them three. What do you got? One of the obvious ones, mobile quarterbacks at this point have to scare you a little bit, especially knowing mm -hmm. your opponents that are coming up with Jackson Dart this weekend and then knowing that you'll more than likely face Alabama in the SEC championship game and Jalen Miller. So that's got to be one of them. I feel like Georgia hasn't been able to capitalize off of like mid-game dagger opportunities, like a, like a chance to like in the midst, like not even towards the end of the game, like the Kirby Smart death march well, or anything really like step that. On them. Yeah, like third quarter right out of the gate, like almost give one of those touchdowns that everybody's like, ooh, Feels like Georgia might have just jumped on top of this one, and that's wraps from here on out. I feel like we've kind of been missing that element of this team throughout the year. And then I just need some more havoc and turnovers created on defense, man. Nazir Stackhouse created one on Saturday, and that was a big point in the football game. I need more of that. They've created 11 total turnovers on defense so far. Need to continue to build off of that. Hey, that boy Jay will. Give him three. I don't see you clapping over there, Murray. What do you got? I'm clapping. So the first one is obviously Missouri was able to get the edge on the running game a lot last game. And then we kind of saw that against Auburn too. So it's almost not that it's becoming a trend, but it's something that kind of worries you in the back of your head, whether if you have a team that can run on the outside, that might become a big issue. Second one is this team seems to like to trail in SEC games. Mm. They've trailed in all but one of their SEC games, except when they beat Kentucky and they beat the shit out of them. Then obviously the third one, Murray already took it, but Carson Beck's almost playing too perfect right now. Mm. It's it feels like it, it's you don't want it to happen, but there could be a bad game. Where on was the all this skepticism during spooky season? We did hey, spooky for, season all week last week. What's up? First thing, he does. They don't like to play from behind. It just happens. Like I don't think anyone yeah, wants it, to play from behind. It's <laughs> It is just that first. What scares you is just the uh, first first possession defensively. Might as well just give you yeah. know every team the you know just give them the seven points. Give us the football. You know we'll give you a seven point lead and and, and we'll play from there. Uh, I do agree with. Three. Yeah, hold on, Murray. We're not done. Oh, my bad. Hey, my bad. Christian Kirby, give him three. All right, go on with your analysis, my man. Well, I, I do think the interesting point as as Georgia looks to get ready for for Milrow, who most likely will Georgia will face in the SEC championship game, the next three weeks. For Georgia, you face running quarterbacks. Ole mm. Miss, Jackson Dart, uh, Joe Milton this year, like when he's gotten going the past two weeks, it's, it's been his legs that have really got him propelled. And then uh, Haynes King is like a four or five guy. Like I, I, I know, but like he's a running quarterback though. Like so he's 554 yards, 7.2 yard average, five rushing touchdowns. Like that's a running quarterback. So you have three rushing mobile quarterbacks at least get you ready to you know fix some fix some things that you don't have fixed right now before you do face Alabama Murray have so you it's a seen good thing still shots of Haynes King throwing a football 
Oh, I, it's horrendous. He's having a good year, though. He has a great year. Shouts out Buster Faulkner. Hey, yeah. hey does, when does Buster get removed from the co-OC discussion? When does he get rights to the OC out there at Georgia Tech? I don't think Murray knows about this clause in his contract. I don't. I, I don't fault any Georgia he's Tech, still, I'll be honest. He's, he's sharing uh, offensive coordinator titles with uh, um, the former quarterback that used to play there that's on the offensive staff now. I'll figure it out. Winky. Chris Winky. Uh, Winky. Yeah. I thought Winky played at Florida State. Well, either way, Winky's on the staff, and they're sharing OC titles for some reason. But whoever calls plays gets the title, right, Murray? Uh, yeah, right. That that should be. Sounded firm in his belief there. Um, it's kind of like Georgia's defensive staff, you know? Yeah. But I don't consider much chant the D.C. No, it's Schumann. He's called every yeah. play for the last, like, two years. Exactly. I, that's been the – that's been the the piece of analysis that I hear from national analysts that I, that like keys me off that they don't know what they're talking about with regards to Georgia when they start talking yeah. about Muschamp. Muschamp is like more special teams. One hundred percent special teams and oversight, uh, trying yeah. to make sure nothing's slipping through the cracks. Uh, yeah, I guess special teams are important, uh, but only if they suck, right? That's mm -hmm. that's what we've established. No, I think it'd be good too. You, you think they matter if they're good? Absolutely. I think they only matter if they suck. What do you think about this theory, Murray? My theory is that special teams only matter. The only time we ever talk about special teams is when somebody is bad at them. If you're good at special teams, it's just kind of to be expected. Mm, I think it matters if you're good at it. I mean, that's, that's, that's Beamer ball. I mean, they hold made a whole you know phrase for it, for goodness sakes. Like, if you are to that level of good special teams, like, Green they six. will create a slogan for you makes a difference. All right. So special teams matter if you're good or if you're bad. Special but teams if you're mediocre, it's just a snap to go get refreshed. Kirby ball. I would love some must champ ball. Come on. <laughs> hey, initial thoughts on Ole Miss. I know you kind of already hit on it, but uh, what, what do you think about the Rebels coming to town? It, it, it cracks me up when everyone, <laughs> like I keep hearing like, oh man, their defense is improved. Ole Miss's defense is, and they are better than they were last year. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a better defense, you know, better DC, all that. But, they they point to you know the the, the three weeks before this A and M game and it's like okay they played Arkansas, who fired their OC, uh, they placed Auburn, who is you know going back and forth with quarterbacks that you know doesn't really have elite playmakers on the outside, and then they faced Vanderbilt, so like yeah they improve but you have to look at the quality of the opponent they face too and, and kind of the offense, A and M has been struggling for a good majority of the year on offense they put up thirty five points and made it look pretty dang easy uh, so. I think the defense is is okay, not great. I think Georgia's going to be able to score on them. I I do worry about Ole Miss's offense. This is a really good offense. Jackson Dart was you know one of my top three quarterbacks heading to the season. He looks like one of the top three quarterbacks in this league. And say all you want about quarterbacks in the SEC, like if you're in the conversation with you know being a top three quarterback and the two guys in front of you are Carson Beck and Jaden Daniels, you're having a pretty damn good year. He's mobile. He's accurate. He throws a, a tremendous deep ball. You know, Quinshawn Junkins is having a great season. Ulysses Bentley's having a great season. And Trey Harris is an absolute beast. So, like, this offense scares the hell of me. They play with tempo. They'll get you kind of – like, the couple of runs they had for touchdowns, A&M didn't even get set. So, like, that tempo can get you sometimes. Um, you missed one when you were talking about Jackson Dart uh, in terms of his attributes. Sneaky thick. My man is got to be because uh, here we go. Dude, all the shots, all the shots my man's takes. What um, is he? I don't think here he's that big. He gets hit really hard. That's all I'm saying. Like way he's harder six, than 6'2", 220. 6'2", 220. That's a good size. Sneaky thick. That's what I'm saying. Um, has been playing really, really well, though. And He's and playing great. The idea of 
hey, Georgia's been kind of susceptible to edge runs. Um, this is a football team that features the jet sweep as, mm -hmm. a, as a way to stretch you. They want to stress and stretch you horizontally and then threaten you with explosives vertically, both through the run and through the pass. Um, their balance is, has always been the one that the, – the portion of the, the recipe to success against Georgia that I think is required – um, to, to win against a Georgia mm -hmm. defense is to be balanced and be willing to run the football and kind of be willing to kind of run your head up against the wall. Uh, my question is, how do they avoid kind of getting boxed like what Alabama did to them? Because I would imagine Georgia takes the same game plan. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think what, – what do you think Georgia can take from that football game? Because Alabama's about the only one to really put them in a box this year. Yeah, and, and you worry about, I think the biggest thing, too, you have to worry about is, like, Lane in big games. I think Lane, we talked about, like, emotions earlier. We talked about Carson Beck being able to kind of keep it even even still. Like, Lane sometimes makes these games so big, I think he gets too emotional, mm -hmm. and the game gets too big for him. Like, think back last year when, when they played Alabama, and he's doing, like, the whole, get, get your popcorn ready because it's going to be, a, it's like, Lane, calm down, bro. Like, breathe. You're not playing. You're just coaching the game. Like, I think Lane at times gets his own way. And you go back to the Alabama game this year, like the amount of fourth down, like it just drives me crazy this year, this freaking epidemic we're in where coaches just want to go for it on every fourth and short, every fourth. Like, dude, play the game, man. And like, I think that got him in trouble a ton uh, in Tuscaloosa earlier this season where they, he, he put his team in a bad situation a lot of times. So um, he's going to make mistakes. I think he just, like I said, the moment at times gets a little bit too big for him. I think the the fans have to step up and 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 make it pretty raucous for for that offense, but um, I think overall Alabama's defense is better than Georgia's defense this year. Like that's the difference too. Like Georgia has been good. Don't get me wrong; it's a really good defense. But we've been over. Like there are some holes mm -hmm. defensively on the defensive line. They've not been as good as they've been the past two years. And I do worry about the backside corner. If they get into some, some one on one situations and you have to put a safety in the box of Jackson Dart just going after him. I thought it's uh, – the Dalen Everett stuff's been – in my opinion, in my opinion I, I'm not like an expert corner, okay? Um, I think it's been slightly overblown. Um, mm -mm. They're, they're playing a lot of zone this year, Aaron, and I don't, I don't blame cover three corners for giving up uh, like benders. You've seen all these routes that teams are running nowadays to defy cover three. Um, when I see your butt to the sideline and I see you sprinting to cover your deep third and you give up a comeback, like, okay. You know what I mean? Like we could, we could do a little bit better. But I think they're conceding a lot. And perhaps that is Georgia saying we don't think we're that good there either or else we would just play man coverage because mm -hmm. ideally that's what they want to be, right? They want to be a two-high man football team. So I, well, even, I, when Keely, even, when Keely, even when Keely was getting picked on at times last year, yeah. at least he was playing man. Like Correct. he's at least was gonna he's he's gonna put hands on your line of scrimmage, and gonna make it somewhat difficult. And go back to that Tennessee game, like that pick. I mean, man to man coverage. I'm gonna put hands on you. I'm gonna run with you. Like they're protecting him by playing zone. Like that tells you everything you need to know. Hundred percent. Hey, we're not gonna get you before the end of the week. So, what do you think happens this weekend? Uh, 34-31, dogs win. Ooh, tight. Ooh, straight with the score. Tight game. Really, really tight game. Tight. I can't believe it's at eleven. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. That's a lot of points. It's a little steep. A lot of points. Well. Hey, what's, what's Georgia this year? Like two and five against the spread? Something good. like that? Two, six, and one. 100%. Two, six, and one? 
Hey, he is Aaron Murray. He is the all-time leading passer in the SEC. And thanks to a shoulder injury to Will Rogers, he will remain that, it sounds like. Uh, he joins us every other Monday. And uh, he is a co-owner of TPO, the Players' Lounge here in the uh, state of Georgia. So <laughs> if you want to support anything that Aaron's doing, please head boy. over to the Players' Lounge and That'll sign boy. up. It's playerslounge.io. Okay, Yee. sign up today and make sure you get in there and get a subscription. All right? Hell yeah. And they do all kinds of elite stuff over there on their YouTube page. So feel free to subscribe over there. After you subscribe here, Aaron, where else can Amen. they find you on all the multitude of platforms uh, and jobs? Well, listen, TPL ain't just about me. It's about the student athletes like Javon yeah. and Jackson and Warren yeah. and Makai and Jacob Hardy. And we had softball team. We got baseball team. We got the basketball team. Like all the student content you need directly from the players is at the Players Lounge. And we're official partners of the University of Georgia now. So that's pretty awesome, too. Hey, good thank on you. you, brother. Congratulations, man. Thank you, thank That's you, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, um, we're excited. Couldn't be any more happy for you. I appreciate you. you for being here today, brother, for real. See you, boys. Have a great rest of the week. Yeah, we'll talk Better to you soon. Um, also, last quarterback to beat Ole Miss. Yes, is the last quarterback to beat Ole Miss, even though they've only played twice since he played, right? Just once. Just once. Just so, once. So, yeah, a little, little bit of a Fugazi stat. Um, but I mean, no, it is, but a stat, the stat is a stat. I mean, he, he got done playing 10 years ago, and they've only played twice since then. A little bit of a faulty uh, SEC sc slate and schedule there. No, no yeah. problems anymore because they're doing away with divisions. But, hey, Aaron Murray, let's give him three. Um, I got a recipe. I wanted to kick Murray off um, to talk about this recipe. This recipe for success against Georgia defensively. What do you got, Chef? Okay. Um, one. Point one. Historic talent slash offensive output. Okay, that's what you got to have. All right, that's, that's easy, easy, it's either that or the actual recipe. So if you don't have like great historic talent, all right, a la 2021 Alabama offense, a la uh, historic output 2019 LSU, okay, and historic talent. If you don't have that, you're in trouble or you got to do this, right? I've seen a lot of teams do this. Um, I don't care how you do it, but you have to, have to. I mean, dump the kitchen sink and find a way to rush for at, near, or about four yards of carry. You don't have to be super explosive, but you have to be diligent and willing to just run your head against a brick wall because that's what it is. It feels like a brick wall. You feel like you're just mundane activities, watching paint dry, all right? But you really got to do it. You got to, whether it be through tempo runs, whether it be through uh, unique motions, whether it be through extensions of the run game, you have got to, got to, got to find a way to average about four yards of carry. If you can do that, if you can remain balanced, you'll not only be able to convert the chains, live in the third mediums, do all that good stuff, but I think the key to winning and beating Georgia, honestly, is keeping their offense off the field. A lot of people don't talk about that because they tend to lean on you a good bit as an offense. So you got to keep them off the field. Uh, the number two point in this recipe, got to find ways to get chunk plays, all right? Because if you're going to try to 10, 11, 12, 13 play drive these guys, you're only going to do that maybe once, all right? The history tells me that they're going to force you into a negative play at some point the rest of the drives. Every single team that's tried to march it on Georgia, and that's their game plan, we're going to have five marches 
All right, it's Kentucky, and it's the only football team, and maybe Alabama, that's been able to actually do it and summon, I don't know, two or three of those drives. The other time, you're going to fail. All right, you're going to end up punting after five plays or getting into a third and long, getting up a sack, having a false start, whatever. All right, so you have to be able to find a chunk play, whether that be through a back shoulder fade or whether that be through pin, uh, wheels, right, slanting wheels like Florida did several years ago, or whether that be through the quarterback draw, Whatever it is, however it is, you have to find ways to get chunk plays, 20, 25 yarders, to where we can actually flip field position and have an opportunity to punch it in. That being said, once chunk plays happen, you have to capitalize. That's now one of your only scoring drives that you're going to get. You're not going to have a ton of opportunities against Georgia. You're not. All right, so once a chunk play happens, you have to capitalize on this. Um, you got to have winners saved for these opportunities as well as an offensive coordinator. You can't empty the clip. Once you have to, once you start getting some momentum against Georgia's uh, defense, you've got to go for the neck. You have to immediately go for kill shots, um, and you have to be selective. Last final point: you have to be selective with the pace. As soon as big plays happen for you, as soon as momentum plays happen for you, we got to get right back on the ball and actually maybe maybe tempo run. Okay, the teams that actually have somewhat success running the football, they catch Georgia by surprise, misalignments, whatever, because they're so gap sound that if you just line up and play football, you're not going to beat them. They're going to punch your lights out. You have to, have to gas out this defense while protecting yours on the other side of football. That's the recipe. And like whether it be Georgia Tech – whether it be uh, Kent State had a, a good game plan against them a couple years ago, um, whoever it be, whether you be outmanned or whatever, if you want to have success against this Georgia defense, those are the recipes. you got to be able to be willing to run the football, not super explosive. You've got to be willing to do it, um, and you've got to be able to get chunk plays, and you got to build on momentum. You also have to let Georgia shoot itself in the foot at least once or twice. Correct. When you go to that Kent State game, Lad McConkie muffed a punt. Uh, Ohio State, the last time Georgia nearly lost, Stetson Bennett had an interception, things like that, turnovers in the game where you can come close to being. Otherwise, I don't think you have a chance even doing all that stuff. No. Um, we also didn't give a shout-out to Prize Picks, so we got a hundred, a whole bunch of people in here right now. I want to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Prize Picks. Run over to prizepicks.com today. Use promo code BROOKS. You will get a 100% deposit match. What does that mean? You put up to $100, you will get $100 immediately matched in your account using promo code BROOKS over there on Prize Picks. It's a tremendous time to be over there. We were three for four on our play this weekend, uh, but our, our, our big locks – uh, where Ra Ra Thomas and Lad McConkie both hit in the, in the first two quarters of that football game. Uh, so run over to Prize Picks today, promo code Brooks. Also want to give a quick shout out to our friends at the Athletic Collection. Uh, all these dope posters you see on the walls, whether it be the Brock Bowers poster or our Lad McConkie poster here, uh, are available over there at the Athletic Collection. The promo code, or not the promo code, the link is in the description of this video. Those are NIL plays as well, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So if you use the promo codes, ah, not a promo code. If you go over there today, you purchase one of those, a percentage of those sales will go directly into the pockets of those Georgia football players. Boys, do we have any other notes, thoughts, comments, suggestions before we get into our national hour? No. I think I'll save the numbers for tomorrow. Yeah, I think Hell we're good yeah. right now. We got – we're good. All right, let's cook it. Hey, make sure you hit that thumbs-up button on your way out. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you in about five. can't believe Murray took mine. Hmm? Murray took mine too. Bro, Murray is a little a little hooker, isn't he? No, I'm not mad at Murray for that. No, I'm just, just kidding. Everyone's